Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris. You might know me as AFC Freddy 8. You might also know me as Late. Depends. Depends which way you come from. But anyway, I'm here and we're all here. I say all of us, just a three-way. A delicious trio of French football for you this week. I have got Phil on the buttons. Hello, Phil. Hello. And I've got Jez racing from traffic. Hello, Jez. Hi. Bit a bit of a bit of a nightmare in terms of timing this week, but we are all here, so let's get on to the weekend's action. Uh, that's really where we're going to focus this week because uh, we might have a little bit of time for transfery bits at the end, but really it's the action. Fair to say, not a stellar weekend in Niga, if we're completely honest. A um, couple of low-scoring games, a couple of dull games, a couple of obvious results, etc., uh, etc. Et but we're going to pick kind of four out that we, uh, we want to focus on. Uh, so we'll start with the Friday night game. Jez, the return of Super Mario wasn't quite so super as Lille came away with a 2-1 win. Did you uh, see much of this game? Um, I saw bits of it. Um, I... I mean, in, in a sense, the return of Super Mario was super. It was just that other events sort of um, overshadowed it. Mm. Uh, just kind of more, I was going to say more of the same for Marseille. I mean, more of the same bad stuff. But to be fair to them, some sort of shoots of recovery as well. And they started the match well. I guess they finished the match well. It was just the bits in between that weren't so good. Um, and it's just the, the fact that as ever, there's, there's no black and white. Everything's either going amazingly well and they're going to win the Champions League in a couple of months or it's a massive crisis. And, you know, it's, it's, it's rarely that simple for any, any team. And I don't think that um, it helps them that the fans tend to maybe overreact at times. Um, and hence a 30-minute delay for flares, I believe. Yeah, yeah. which um, there, there was a quote from an anonymous staff member at Marseille who said that, but well, basically the NFP agreed that um, until further notice they'll be playing behind closed doors. Um, and a, an unnamed member of staff said, to be honest, playing behind those doors might be better for us than playing in front of our own fans booing and whistling us, um, <laughs> which maybe says a lot. Uh, the problem is that you know, playing behind those doors is one thing. The LFP could go in very hard. I think it's unlikely, but they could go in hard and deduct points or something. So the fans are playing a dangerous game. Um, this kind of I, thing you'd think, you'd think more big fine, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I mean, the the when it happened with Mess, the partly because of Olas playing playing games, but the match didn't even finish, and they were, I think, in the end, uh, I think they were going to be, but they, basically they didn't they didn't lose points in the end. I think there was a chance they might, but they were suspended in the end. Um, so this arguably in the sense that the game didn't finish and no one was seriously injured um, like Lopez kind of was last time. I don't think it would be as harsh as that, so they should be all right. But, you know, if the fans keep doing this kind of thing at some point, um, you know, it, it could affect the, the club a lot more seriously. Mm. But on the, on the football side, as I said, I think there were some some better signs. I was slightly unlucky to have an early goal to allowed, and if that stood... 
and maybe they'd have settled and, and, and played a bit better. But again, the, the team plays with fear, um, unsurprisingly, and they were they were picked off a couple of times by by Lille. And one, you know, the one good thing is that Balotelli did look sharp when he came on. Um, came very close to scoring and then did score what was only a consolation in the end. But the fact that he scored possibly bodes well for the future because he is the type that seems to need to be both confident and in a good mood. Balotelli <laughs> confident, surely not. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean uh, the, the thing is, um, Marseille fans might be cross about this, but Lille are second. You know, they are playing one of the big teams they may feel like they should be one of the big teams and Lille shouldn't be but the way the table is it you know this was the other way around and what was interesting I think Pepe's goals were both in injury time in each half it was 45 plus three and then 90 plus four it suggests a degree of you know losing concentration just at the end um and and you know, Leo coming in and, as you say, picking them off. And uh, the red card, was it? It was Tovan that was sent off, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So and, that's not, not going to help. Time either. Yeah, it was um, um, in terms of the future. 67 minutes he was sent yeah. off. And, and I believe there was a, a clip going around of him exiting the pitch where he was nonplussed with VAR and he sort of said, take your VAR and, and bugger off kind of thing as he left. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I saw, the, I saw the sending off after I saw him. Mm. having his little little shit there. Um, I thought he deserved it. I mean, it, it wasn't a nasty sort of spuds up there. It was nothing like, you know, Nian, um in the PSG Ren match, for example. Mm. But it was very petch, petulant. Frustration. He out of the guy. Yeah. Mm. And he actually didn't moan about it at the time. So um, uh, I don't know if that was maybe for the cameras or, you know, he does see more obsessed than most with staying in the, on the good side of Marseille's fans. I think maybe a little bit to the team's detriment. Well, I suppose if you, the immediate reaction after you've been sent off is maybe to, you know, kick stuff about. But if you even have a couple of minutes that when you're interviewed after the game, you're a bit less fighty. Mm. I don't know. It, it was it was was not not great. It has to be said, and probably were red covers right. But I, I want to give some praise to to Lille because we mm. we do forever spend time talking about PSG, Marseille, and Lyon, uh, the sort of the biggest size. Lille, are, they're having the season of their yeah. lives, and and Champions League at this point. I don't want to jinx them, but it seems fairly inevitable. Phil, they're they're playing some really good stuff at the moment. Yeah, they they are, and I think what we all thought was kind of a bit. Um, un, unusual, perhaps, was you know that uh, with a new manager coming in who maybe doesn't have the same uh, attacking verve they'd been used to. How would things work out? And it turns out it's working out really well. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah they've still got a pretty solid defence. They've got you know good players um, in in attack. And they are up there in second with a three-point gap over Lyon, and looking looking pretty solid. So their form is good, and you know when we're going forward, they're hosting Nice uh, on Friday. 
I think that will be a, a fun game to watch because it might be two quite kind of fluid teams playing nice football. Mm. Um, but yeah, you've got to back them for that because they are playing very well. I'm not entirely sure what the transfer situation is, but people appear to have built a small wall around Pepe and, and various other important players, and that's what you kind of want your club to do uh, in Ligue 1 um, at this, in the January transfer window. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's looking good. And, you know, you say you don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it by saying I don't think you're going to jinx it, if you see no. what I mean, because... Yeah. They're in a good position. They seem on a really good run. And, you know, you look at their form. They've, what they, they lost against Toulouse, bizarrely, but they got four wins out of five. You know, they look very nicely placed and don't have any... Do they have... Yes, they do. They are still in the Coupe de France. So they have a mild um, distraction there, but they're playing Ren. So I'm sure that will be good fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, anything else you want to add to the the Lille praise, Jez? Because uh, I mean, it, as I say, we haven't really focused on them heavily. But from what they were last season, um, Bielsa and all that, it, it has turned around, hasn't it? I mean, they are they're not up there by luck. They're playing there because, mm. uh, or they're in the position they are because they're playing well. Yeah, I think they've got a really nicely balanced team. Um, sort of goalkeeper, I think, and front and and Sinoa together as a really good central defensive pairing. I really like Selleck at, at right back. Um, good midfielders, things like Tiago Mendes, that, that, that glass of their defense that they've got a couple of good players like Sinoa in background to could come in. And then obviously we've spoken a lot about the, the attack. Um, I'm not, I'm not absolutely I don't think this was necessarily their, their greatest performance, but it didn't really need to be. And I thought they were, um, the, the second goal was, it wasn't great, but it showed what they could do. It was a really nice, nicely, nicely worked move. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the main thing I take away from this match, I think, is um, dur- during matches, Lecky Brogdon on the feature match will sort of change the headline, the front page headline as they go. Um, or the homepage headline rather, and sort of relatively late in the first half, it changed to Marseille sabotage themselves. And <laughs> I think that, you know, from Gustavo's wild challenge, which I think again is, is born out of frustration because he clearly doesn't want to be playing the centre back. And as we've said so many times, he's a kind of. It's a waste having him there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, from that to the sending off to the fans. Um, I'm not going to say to the second goal because I do think that was because they were pushing, so it's a bit harsh. Mm. Um, it, it, it does feel that that is the main problem. It is more often than not Marseille sabotaging themselves at the moment. But they mm. did very well, did what they needed to do, probably without really getting out of the fourth gear to take advantage. Yeah, yeah, did did what as you say did what was needed to do and and got the results. So uh, a, a decent start to the weekend for for Lille certainly, and uh, not so good for Marseille as their uh, troubles uh, or mixed fortunes go on. Definitely troubles though down at Monaco. Jez, uh, let me stick with you for a minute um, here. Dijon uh, adding to their woes. Uh, Chang Hoon or, or Kwon, whichever you prefer, getting the opener yeah. with a second from Sleety Naldo. 
Uh, I think it's two fouls, two red cards in his league and career with Monaco so far, so that's good. Um, I, would say, I would say one foul, two red yeah, yeah, that would be fair. Yeah, the, the VAR was a, was a bit sus. Um, but nevertheless, um, Frank Passy in charge for this one game. Jardim is back. Um, he's had the world's best, uh, or the world's best uh, um, week, possibly, or a few months, really. Paid off, uh, left a job under good circumstances, stayed in Monaco, had a few drinks with some players, had a couple of uh, burritos and whatnot on his spare time, and then got paid to go back to the job he never really wanted to leave in the first place, if you believe reports. So he's back. Um, I'm going to ask you a straightforward question, uh, although it's not really a straightforward answer, but still, do Monaco stay up? Um, and how damaging is this result on top of everything that's gone on? Or do they just put it behind them and start from now? Um, my answer is yes, they'll stay up, but only would have kept them up as well. Mm. Uh, I, pray, t- pray tell why you feel that way. I just, I think he's got... Uh, someone said to me this week on, on Twitter, I've had enough of everyone giving all these so much slack. I don't think anyone's given him any slack. I think a lot of people are rooting for him to fail and have sort of really jumped on top of it. I don't think he's been, he's been given nothing to work with. Um, you know, Fabregas, Lopez, Naldo, he's had them for you know, one or two matches each. That's no time to work with them. He, when Monaco took him on, they knew that he was a new coach on a learning curve. They knew all the stuff that comes with it, including the ego and the fact that he would need to learn to curb it. If they weren't prepared to work with that, then they shouldn't have taken him on in the first place. Then in January, having sort of invested and brought in players and at least given the chance to work with them. You know, everyone's saying, lots of people saying, well, you know, the final scroll was his in cutting his players loose in that last press conference and saying, I'm going to get rid of the players who are only interested in themselves. Let's be fair, a lot of the players, and you'd assume it's the more senior and influential players that, that maybe sort of went over his head and helped get rid of him. They've been diabolical this year, so he's got a very good point. And yeah. you know, having made that strong stand, maybe at least give him a couple of matches to see if he can back that up. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's fair. Jardim gave an interview last week, earlier in the week, which on reflection I think uh, looks like quite a tactical interview. And yes. I have to say, you can go off someone. I haven't really got So much a, a three-five-two interview with a false nine rather than a four-four-two <laughs> interview. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Where <laughs> where he said, you know, eight matches in, I looked at my squad and I said, this team's not going to finish third, and they may well be lucky to stay up. Well, for the most part, Henri has had exactly the same squad with even mm. more injuries than Jardim has had. So, yeah. you know, I do feel sorry for him. And on paper, you know, I thought Naldo looked okay for the first match or two. He's looked a bit shaky. Fabregas looked excellent for the first match, not so good since. But with that kind of spine, and if they can bring in a decent striker in the next couple of days to take some of the pressure off Falcao, it's still a very decent squad. I think the match against Dijon showed that the confidence is obviously really, really low. And similarly to Marseille, Falcao had a couple of very good chances. And if he puts one of them away, things could be very different. They just need that one win. And then I think things could, you know, that they, they could start on a run. But if Chardin saves them, I don't think, it, I'm sure it will happen, but I don't think it would be fair to say that Chardin has saved Monaco, whereas only was you know, very destined to go down the volume. Because yeah. Chardin is, is now managing a completely different 
team to the one that he left and the one that Ori has had for, for 99% of his tenure. Mm. And yeah, just on, on Jardim, I, I tweeted something out this morning that I just, I think it was quite Machiavellian of him. He has played a blind turn. We know that he's a great tactician. I think he's even proved that off the pitch as well. But yeah, it leaves a little bit of a bad taste, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with with everything you said there. I, I do think um, I do. I, I I feel that Monaco will stay out. I, I'm I'm really torn on the whole situation because I think Henri was was at fault for some of this. I, I think that. Well, yeah, I think. But yes, I mean, when yeah. when he was first appointed, we were all kind of looking at each other, going, "Is this the right call?" Because they're in a world of shit and they need help. They need solid coaching mm. and it seemed that monaco had decided to bring in you know a talismanic charismatic character to try to gen everybody up and that isn't necessarily what they needed mm. but that if you're gonna do that then you know let the man have his head to a certain degree as jess said after after the window mm. um you can't take him off you know two matches into the transfer window and Naldo's been sent off so ooh, that's a terrible decision and bang he's gone bring the old guy back in this is Syria 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 are levels of of management appointment here it's just seems a bit weird you know I wasn't convinced by Henri being appointed but I'm very, very much not convinced by him being removed at this stage. You know, give him till, you know, February at least. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, give well, just one thing um, that obviously Dijon were loitering down in the relegation zone. So this uh, win is good for them and particularly good for Quan, who missed the World Cup uh through injury just came back at the end of December so wasn't fit to be in the uh, South Korea squad for the uh, Asian uh, Asian games um, but he's back he's firing it's good to see him back because he's a great player and maybe with him and Sleety firing I mean their defense is still pretty horrendous but if they can start scoring some more goals because they've got a really poor goal scored record down there, um, you know, that that's going to be a good thing. So hopefully this was a, a good result for them and hopefully they'll they'll kick on. Uh, they were Angers at the weekend, so hopefully we'll also be able to show themselves there to good effect. Yeah. I think um, you've got Sleety, he's got three goals and four assists in the week. Juan's back, Tavares is looking good again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd hope that they're, they're getting back to that kind of freewheeling, slightly chaotic scoring machine that they were last season where you weren't ever sure where the threat was coming from. Yeah. Um, and that didn't really work out at the beginning of the season. But if they're getting that gang back together, that bodes well for the, for the second half of the season because they were a really fun team to watch last year. And uh, I hope they, they get that back because... You know, there were some really good players in that team, and it, it's nice to watch them when they're all working together on full flow. Mm. 
Yeah, well said. Well said. It's uh, one to keep an eye on um, the, the project. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are keeping an eye on it at the moment, but we'll see. Earnings level uh, tax attorneys and possibly the Monegasque uh, legal system. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, ongoing. One suspects. Um, a couple of the other results on Saturday. Just before we touch on our, uh, well, we've got two other games we want to touch on. We'll leave Nice aside for a second, but Gangop lost again um, at home to Ray, uh, at home to Rum. Uh, it, it's almost like their recruitment policy of picking up players from Sunderland who are really pissed off is not working well. Oh, you speak there um, of uh, Papi Gilavolgi, who was sent uh, off. Who was sent off. Um, uh, uh, Didier Ndong has also come over, but yeah. That. Yeah, not, not ideal. But they're still um, in both cups. How the hell has that happened? And almost I mean, the last thing they need right now. I mean, they're, what, four points from from well safety yeah, quote-unquote how spot. have they got to this they're in a semi-final uh, um, later tonight yeah morning on tuesday but um, then they're playing monaco so. yes they are and <laughs> that was i've just got how in capital letters written next to that one because yeah it's it's an interesting one um is the best word i can use um but yes they are very much down there at the moment and uh Safaro's winner didn't help their cause uh, for Ram, who, in truth, uh, they're having a very good season, aren't they? I'm beating them five now. They're up mm-hmm. in ninth, having yep. a jolly old time. Uh, Strasbourg also got a, another victory. Not scoring that many goals. Indeed. Uh, 18 uh, goals scored. Kenny Lala is he's having a lovely time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, Rams, you speak of 18 goals. You're right. But yeah, Kenny Lala with the 90th minute winner for Strasbourg. Um, he, finish, isn't wasn't yeah, it, just? He's having Always is from him. I, I, I know he signed uh, he signed a new contract, but I can't help but think that that's to protect his his valuation because surely mm-hmm. I know a lot of teams are having a sniff at the moment, and surely he will be one for um, one for the future. I I hate the thought, but as I watch Carl Walker turn into ever more of a joke at Man City, I hate the idea of a certain uh, Spanish bolding manager having a look at him because I don't want him to play for that lot, but it just fits the style. Um, oh, that would be beautiful. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, it would not oh, be Oh, that would be lovely. Oh, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Uh, we need a right back. Come and play for us. I think um, he's got 27, 28. I think maybe he's a bit old for City. I'm not mm. sure they'll go for him. Mm, yeah, fair point. Though we know Pat doesn't doesn't play young players, so um, oh, did you hear that clang? Anyway, uh, good on, win, move good on. win for Strasbourg <laughs> and uh, Bordeaux. Um, back to Bordeauxism. They're twelfth. Um, two wins from the last four, but that defeat coming at sort of in the opportune moment, really having having one two on the bounce. Um, and on Sunday we saw Montpellier win over Caen, uh, getting on the board, Hallelujah. and Paul Basson goal. I much keep needed. Forgetting that's where Paul Base is right now. Yes, right. much anyway. Much needed win for Montpellier. Just been stuttering yeah. recently. Caen uh, yeah. plunge ever further down the table. They're now in the joint relegation spot in seventeenth. Uh, Leon ground out a one 0 win over Amiens. Jason Denea with the winning goal. Um, Fernand Mendy with uh, a wonderful run in that game. If you haven't seen the <laughs> oh, the, that uh, was, it was like that. that was injury time, and people going, "What is he doing? And What's he made well? of?" Just like that speed of, sort of just wow, yeah, he was, he was, he was off and running, um, and uh, yes, his uh, his performance also, I'm sure, catching the eye of, of several scouts. Um, but yes, Leon getting the win, so that uh, puts them back into third place uh, or retains their place, I should say. To lose nil, Angers nil, nothing to see here. Move, um, move on, move on, move on. 
Jazz, we'll uh, we'll move on to uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back to PSG because you wanted to say some nice things about Nice, uh, who got a two-nil win over Nîmes, um, Atal and Saint Maximin, headband and all, getting the uh, the goals there. They are um, very quietly having a good season under Patrick Vieira. So I'm beaten in four now, uh, two wins and two draws. They are sitting seventh. So um, praise away. Um. It's not, I mean, there's not necessarily a huge amount to praise in the sense that they're kind of, they're, they're certainly sort of not, uh, they're not going to win any prizes for the for the most entertaining football or the most entertaining team to watch as their, as their stats show. They're up in seventh, but they've got a minus one goal difference. They've only scored 19 goals, but that's by virtue of their excellent defence. They've, they've only... Sorry, the other way around. They've only yeah. scored 18, but they've only conceded 19, which I think only maybe I think only PSG and Montpellier are, are, are better. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what you'd expect from from Vieira, who was, I guess, a, a, a more defensive player. But um, most people kind of say you build a good team on on a, on the strong foundations of a of a good defence, and he's definitely doing that. And hopefully, as everyone sort of settles around the team, and you have to remember, they, they really do not have a centre forward. Um, it looks like Sherman may well go there, but I don't oh. still wouldn't consider him a, a, a no. forward either. I think he's mm. a sort of support support forward. Um, it's not Deputy surprising. Centre forward. Yeah. Yeah, more assistant, let's say. Auxiliary. Um, yeah. Um, so it's not surprising that they're not they're not sort of banging them in, but they do have some very good, um, exciting young players. But I think obviously because they're young, a lot of them are quite inconsistent. But Sam Axon, I think, is gradually showing a little bit more consistency and showing that he can be a sort of leader of the attack there. The way he kind of took the ball off. Um, of a teammate and, and cut in and scored a, a, another excellent finish this, this weekend, kind of showed that. They've got Atal, who I, I think is um, one of the one of the stars of Ligue 1 this year. Yeah. As a, as a defender, he's gone a little bit under the radar, but he really is a very exciting player. He can actually defend, um, but is also very, very comfortable with the ball, really good dribbler of the ball, and, and as he showed the other day, he's got a good finish on him as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly outside bets for, for the Europa League. But even if not, I just think, and it showed at the start of the season, and maybe it's another lesson for Monaco and Henri, that when people ridiculously were, were calling early on for Vieira to be fired, he, he obviously has the calibre and given the chance and given the, the time to work with the team. Um, I think he's he's really starting to go, do a good job. And if only they did have a... Uh, a better, more reliable goal scorer, or you know, for six months until now, uh, Balotelli, who wasn't. I I'm more and more coming to the conclusion, purposely sabotaging Nice because they didn't sell him in the summer. <laughs> if they had someone who could score regular goals, then I think they could be even higher up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I see sort of good things for them going forward. The only the only hope, or the only concern, and I hope that it. <laughs> doesn't kind of bear fruit is that they've been extremely well run recently by by um, Rivier and Cugnia together and they're both leaving. So um, hopefully it um, 
they'll, they'll remain well run. I think Ganai from Barnsley is coming in. By all accounts, Barnsley fans are quite upset that he's leaving them. So hopefully that's a good sign for us. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I oh, think. Well, you say about, you know, Sam Maximan, that he's a bit old. He's still only 21. I think the yeah. fact that he, I think he made his debut at 16 for Saint Etienne or 17, possibly means that he f- it feels like he's been around for a while because he played for Saint-Étienne. He was at Hanover. He was at Bastia for that you know, awkward season where he really had to uh, fight and did. Um, so it's interesting to see how he's kind of moving through. And this seems to be, Nice seems to be a team that suits him. I mean, Bastia, he did very well in very difficult circumstances. Um, being kind of a scrappy-do kind of character. But now at Nice, he's got some protection. People aren't being sent off all around him. That seems to be good for his progression because he's a kind of... He is very fast, but he's also a much more technical player than maybe he's had the chance to show in previous seasons. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that um, uh, moves on. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm really impressed with with Sir Maximin. I know he's uh, there's a little bit of sort of flash element of him, and I know it's it's sort of people say oh, he's only he's, he's pace and nothing else. I don't, I don't agree I, with that. I, I I don't think that. I think people say you know he he's flash. He is very fast, which mm. means he sometimes takes runs that his own teammates don't keep up with. So yeah. if he puts a ball across, it's like well there was nobody there, mm. or possibly there should have been. You know, he's yeah. not making bad decisions necess- necessarily. I think he's making the best decision he can do at the time. And sometimes people just aren't kind of keeping up. Um, on the other side of that, obviously, is Neem, um, who, despite that 2-0 loss, are still 11th, still looking cheerful, still with a really kind of up-and-down binary kind of uh, um, form. Uh, going on they score quite a lot they concede quite a lot and it's the derby at the weekend against Montpellier <laughs> uh, which will be interesting uh, the Montpellier version of this ended 3-1 to the home side um, involved quite a lot of flares fights uh, interdictions arrests that kind of stuff apparently Montpellier fans are banned from travelling to Nîmes for the return leg so this should be uh, an interesting one because I'm sure some members will attempt to get into the stadium anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think you're probably quite right on on that uh, that premise. Um, we will um, sort of finish off with the champions in terms of uh, the weekend's action. Uh, they got a four-one win over poor old Rich's Wren. Um, Jez, watching this game, I personally thought it, <laughs> it was a bit of a weird game. This because I thought Wren started. The better side may be a stretch, but I thought they more than matched um, PSG. They created some decent openings. Um, they got level despite going down to a Cavani goal. It has to be said, there was a couple of really good goals in this game. Uh, the passes from, uh, I think one was from Kimpembe and one was from Thiago Silva to create some of the goals were fantastic. But PSG ran out 4-1 winners in the end. Di Maria's dink is also worth a look. Um, but after the Yang equalised and then uh, should have been sent off, um, and somehow wasn't uh, much to Thomas Tuchel's um, uh, audible uh, disgust 
I just wondered really what you made of this whole game because it was just one of those where PSG were expected to win. They did win. They did score goals. But I just thought Ram were a little bit unfortunate overall. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not to the same extent, but it just reminded me a little bit of the PSG Lyon, where you know they played a very good team who played for the most part very well, but PSG are just not playing in the, in the same. It's not you know it's not the same playing field as anyone as anyone else. So the strength and depth of the quality of players they've got, you just generally always feel like they can go up a gear. And you know, even without Neymar, when you've got the other attacking players that they've got, when you've got Mbappe actually passing to Cavani, then mm. I don't think anyone else has got any chance. And, um, yeah, I think um, Leon uh, L'Equipe had uh, the um, headline today: Paris Subi, Paris is suffering because of the Neymar injury. And it's like, well, what a lot of people not, are saying that. Much. Cavani, They've got more chance. Maria, Mbappe, Cavani. Yeah. It, for me, Verratti's the bigger miss of that. Yeah. If you and, and a lot of people are now saying that there's more chance of um, PSG competing against Manchester United because they will be more defensively solid, potentially, mm. with, with Neymar. And I'm not saying, you know, taking Neymar out of, a, out of a starting 11 doesn't make you weaker. That's obvious. But in terms of the defensive work rate, as you say, Cavani, and, uh, you know, for all his criticism, and pl- trust me, I've given him plenty over the years, uh, he, he won't speak to me because of it. Um, but, you know, you, you've essentially got a proper centre forward. You've got the pace in Mbappe. Leandro Paredes has, has come in today. That's official. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Adrisa Gay is still very much on the radar. I would I mean, argue that they're got, well set up for this tie now. You know, they've got two weeks until this game, so they've got time to get those guys up to speed. And, you know, they have worked without Neymar in the past, and that's still gone pretty well. Yeah. Just, it's um, going to be the, you know, central defence. What, what, what do you think about this, Jez, in terms of it? I know, again, I know we can't judge too much on a 4-1 victory at home to Wren, but as I said in the, in the sort of intro to this game, some of the goals, they weren't just, you know, oh, PSG rolling over teams. There were some fantastic goals. I mean, really good football, uh, speed of thought. So the passing out from the back, whatever you think of Thiago Silva, I know you're not the biggest fan of his defending. Um <laughs> But his passing, Kimpembe the same. Uh, Dani Alves is obviously now fit, although I think we all agree Tom Amunio is probably a better fullback in our opinions. Um, what, what, what sort of shape do you think they're in in terms of that attacking force? And maybe just tie into that your thoughts on the signing of Paredes today. Um, Thiago Silva, who was one of three PSG defenders in last week's Lecky Team of the Week in a match they win one nine nil. PSG think the left people have got it in for them. It's like kicking away a blind man's stick, isn't it, with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not just, not just no, silver. I mean, the whole thing. And I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I agree. I did think that was laughable. The forwards, you can sort of understand, but yeah. the, the rest, nah. Yeah. Um, but did they have anything to do? Were they just, was there a book club going on in the back four? <laughs> Well, it's, it's like I said on last week's podcast when they said that, that Munier scored from the bench and you could conceivably have seen him actually scoring from the from bench. bench. I mean, it was... Possibly from the concession stands yeah. outside. 
poor yeah. old Gangomp, but yeah, I don't think you can judge that. But this game, where a team actively attacked them, um, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you do? You, do you think of this situation with Paredes Jez is coming in? I mean, uh, he's a player I've seen a fair amount of, uh, even when he's been at Zenit. He he he's not a, a st- what you call a stellar name, but he is a player that mixes it. He puts himself about. Um, he will give them that aggressive edge. Do you think well, it's is, is him, he him actually? Or Forgive me. Is he actually a defensive midfielder? He, yes and no. He he's kind okay. of right. he's kind of box to box. I would say. Okay. Uh, he he is when he tackles players that he tackles know they've been tackled. He's one of them. He he is okay. he's more Thiago Motta than he is Ferrati in terms of uh, creativity. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's almost direct replacement for Rabiot, but a slight. <laughs> Slightly level down, maybe slightly. Whereas I think Idrissa Gay would be more of the Kante style signing. Whereas that if probably need. players are tackled by Rabio, do they notice? I'm not no. sure they do. Mum so. probably does, but um, yeah. what what's your thoughts, Jess, on that midfield area? I I mean, on, on Paredes, I'll be completely honest and only I've ever seen him play, so I can't comment on the start. What used to you to us, really? Start, I, mean, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> Spent too long watching Gelson Martins and Delini and, 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 and Kevin Melswee, according to our tweet exchange last night as well. Oh, I didn't watch him. I just know that I don't rate him. Yeah. Um, he's good. The hair is terrible. He's better. Oh, I he's, quite like the hair. Anyway, he's sorry. Meant to be a defender, and he's not a good defender. Okay, yeah. But as, as, lot, yeah, as lots of people replied to me, in that case, he's a perfect Arsenal candidate. <laughs> as indeed I did. Yes, <laughs> as indeed I did. Anyway, um, sorry, you were saying. Yeah, I, I mean, Leboeuf had a bit of a rant yesterday or today and said that Paredes is not a defensive player. Um, like I said, I can't comment. I saw some people agree with him and some not. I just, I mean, for me. A lot of Everton fans have seem to have turned a little bit on Gay in recent years, or recent months, sorry, and, and kind of said, yeah, yeah, he's good at tackling and he's good at intercepting, but he can't pass the toffee if it's the pump. Yep. Um, this is a, but, this is a but, team that just doesn't cope with set pieces. It's like they have bigger issues than, you know, their DM. But I, I think it doesn't matter that he can't pass in that PSG team because they've got enough creative players but what they don't have is an Idrissa Gate is someone who just sits mm-hmm. in front of the defence provides that extra shield tidies up mixes the ball and then gives it some, someone else to, to, to do something special with yeah. so I, I'm not going to say Paredes can't do that because I just I don't know to be honest but I still think that Gay or the kind of profile of an Idrissa Gay is exactly what PSG needs and exactly what they're they're missing or preventing them from being pretty much now obviously a couple of weak points but more or less a, a complete team mm. I, um, I, I think that people have been harsh on Paredes I really do I think it's um, as I say he's not a stellar signing do you remember when Manchester City signed Javi Garcia mm-hmm. uh, back in the day it reminds me a bit of that kind of signing you know he, he's not I don't think he's going to come in and, and, and like the place on fire metaphorically uh certainly don't do it literally because you're going to jail for that um but i i i do think he's i think he's a decent option and let's be honest at this stage psg have two you could argue three 
midfielders who cannot be relied upon. Rabiot, because he's obviously been banished to the reserves. Mm-hmm. I, 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 know, I know what you mean, but I'm still not happy with that. I still think you absolutely can rely on Rabiot when he, play, when he plays. Mm. I think I, As the LFB, UNFB employment law around our, our sites. Well, <laughs> I really think that PSG have treated him like shit. I really think they've overdone yeah. Do you think that? Do you, yeah. genuinely, genuinely think, yeah. do, you, do you think, because here's the other side of the argument, and this is, this is the side no, I've I mean, he's clearly on. a difficult little shit to deal with, and his mother possibly more so, but... but is, he, is there more at play here? Because, because Barcelona and PSG, as we know, don't particularly get on, who'd have thought. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of talk that, that basically what's happened here is that Rabiot has been spoken to by Barcelona for a number of months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've basically turned around to him and said, look, this is the money. This is, here's what you could have won. This is the money you could be on. He's gone back to PSG and said, look, you know and I know that Barcelona have been in touch. This is what they're offering me. Why can I not have parity? It, it's the Ramsey mm-hmm. situation with, with Arsenal. It's a similar situation. And so arguably, PSG director but, well, of football was stupid enough to go out and say, well, he's not going to play for us while he's being this difficult yeah got them into a whole we've now got legal issues involved which is just a, a, another ludicrous sideshow. It's, it's the player that suffers isn't it that's the thing mm. you know it's, it's the player's time and that, he, that suffers. it's very easy to not feel sorry for him because as i say he does appear to be a difficult little sod mm. but you know he does have a pro contract he does have the right to negotiate that and if Barcelona are coming in for you then I think you have the right to say yeah Barcelona are coming in for me look at this match me you know um so whether he's a nice person or not is kind of irrelevant in all of this albeit it does make the story much funnier I I mean on that I you know, someone picked me up on it and said it doesn't really necessarily mean anything at all. But two things I've learned about him this week, which also made me a little bit better disposed towards him. Well, firstly, um, he was the first footballer who gave a really decent amount towards um, yeah. the Salah family's uh, mm. sort of crowdfund to, to, to restart the, the, the search for Emiliano Salah. Secondly, his... Dad died this week after um, locked-in uh, syndrome. Locked-in syndrome for, for the last mm-hmm. twelve years. Yeah. So I think by by any accounts that, that can't be an easy thing to live with. Um, mm. I know that you know it's not as simple as saying oh well, that excuses everything else. But again, no, but it I, does help to explain and also yeah. possibly explain the closeness with his mother, who also gets you know a degree of opprobrium at a again because it's kind of funny but it does explain why they are so close mm. the different i just feel like i've had a few running battles with people this afternoon because um i sort of retweeted memphis the pies comments which and not for the first time with him basically saying uh you know i'm fantastic anyone below me implied um that kind of thing I, I really feel like Rabiot, a couple of the things he's done, he could have acted better. When he says things like, you know, Chris might disagree here, but when he says Spurs aren't big enough for me, it's a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, I was no, watching no, that no, going. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I will not be commenting, Your Honour. 
Um, you know, he's, he burns bridges. I think that his handling of the whole thing with France and the World Cup yeah. sports burned bridges. It's yeah. awful, but whether you agree with how he values himself or not, you know he, he clearly feels strongly about how much he's worth. But in the meantime, he hasn't gone on strike or anything. He hasn't reached his contract. He's played for PSG for a lot of the time. He's played extremely well. He's played better than other people who have paid a lot better than him. He hasn't gone missing when others have. Um, and, you know, if he's not... Personally, I don't think he should be getting the same salary as Mbappe, for example. But I do think he probably does deserve more than, you know, relatively speaking, more than what he's on at the moment. And if he feels that he can get that somewhere else, or he feels that by not getting that PSG or undervaluing him, he's entitled to leave. He's not playing under contracts. His contract ends with the season. He's not doing anything wrong. It's it, it's I think it's one that will run and run um, until and, he eventually departs, which is and and also we're going to see possibly an interesting matchup on Sunday because it's OL PSG. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, finish the weekend on that front. The uh, the um, probably the standout tie of the weekend, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, Nonsense Etienne is actually on Wednesday tomorrow. Um, one of the rearranged games. We've got Lille Nice on Friday. That match, by the way, not for anyone. The start of Mont Saint Etienne is going to be on. Um, even if you don't have a Canal Plus subscription, you'll be able to watch the start of the match to see what. I'm not sure what they're going to do, but some kind of homage or whatever. To... Yeah, there'll be. You'd, you'd imagine there'll be some sort of tribute. I think the Cardiff fans are doing the same at, at uh, the Emirates this evening as well. Uh, so, Lille Nice, that will probably be worth a, a look on Friday evening. Uh, Lille will be looking to keep their momentum going, as indeed will Nice. We've got Angers, Dijon, uh, Bordeaux, Gangomp. Uh, massive game, that for Gangomp again. We say that every week. Speaking of massive games, Monaco. Big game for Gouvenek as well. Yes, uh, and, and Josh Madger potentially making a debut since signing from Sunderland for Bordeaux there, potentially. Uh, Rennes, Amiens, uh, Ram Marseille is the uh, late game on Saturday. It's actually at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Um, and then on Sunday we've got Nimon Pellier, St Etienne Strasbourg and as mentioned before Lyon PSG um, Lyon will be hoping for a better performance at home than they got away back in October I think it was um, where they were the better team correct? where they were the better team yeah yeah it's weird I remember watching that game on my phone from holiday and thinking cool how, the, how they didn't even score is beyond me but still uh, before we wrap up uh, this week's podcast the transfer window slams shut on Thursday so we we won't be here um, in terms of uh, podding before it closes we will be for the um, fallout. Um, either of you keeping an eye on any business done? No, nope, seen... don't care. Uh, no. Montpellier have bought an Argentinian defender. Marvellous. Will yeah, just right. be more violent at the back. We've seen uh, Asan Diosse uh, signed uh, to, uh, to Kievo from St Etienne today. Um, Perchic has gone to Strasbourg on loan. Jelson Martins, that's probably one we did miss, has gone to Monaco. That seems like a decent I... business. Let's just round this up next week when we've all had a chance to Google the players. Who well, I, I, I looked at clips of him. To be fair, I didn't look at him in sports and only looked at clips of him since he's been at Atletico. But mm. you know all the bad things that you said some people say about Sam Aximan earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, he is... if he can find a corner to run into, he will run into a dead, a dead end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
actually, I think Montpellier have bought a Uruguayan defender, not Argentinian. Yeah. That was my mistake. Yeah, Uruguayan, even more violent. Good. Good, Good times. Um, Jess Chesse or Chesse has left PSG. Is that, is that official? I thought already done that. Where has he gone now? Uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. He's Chris. literally gone to Don't nowhere. Care. Yes. Betis. Okay. He's gone to Betis. Oh, to Betis. Okay. Well, that's decent. decent also, might face Wren in the uh, Europa League CZMs in on Valentine's Day, which I'm sure will be uh, a big event in the rich household. Yes, indeed. Well, we'll um, we'll we'll cover the the big deals or non-big deals as they as they happen next week's pod. Uh, as I say, we'll see what happens. I imagine there'll probably be more outgoings from Liga than incomings in terms of larger names, but um, it has been quite quiet. So hopefully, Liga can hang on to its uh, its prized possessions at least for another window. We shall see. Um, but yes, we will be back next week uh, as usual. Not hundred percent sure which day, but uh, three or four of us will be here. I'm sure so do tune in then um, obviously enjoy your French football this weekend but uh, my thanks to Phil and my thanks to Jez thank you both for your time thank you, thank you. and uh, yes whichever game you're watching enjoy this weekend's action and we'll be back to discuss it and break it all down this time next week so until then thank you for listening and we'll speak to you very soon <laughs>